Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. Hello and welcome to another episode of Discovered Wordsmiths. Uh, It's great to be here today. I know I missed last week. I apologize. I had some personal things that needed taken care of and they were big and important and I just did not have the capacity to do an episode last week. So not skipping any authors. Everybody's going to get their time. Uh, I just, I did not put one out. So I apologize. Thank you for coming back and checking out uh, this week's and we'll keep going after this. So I want to ask also if you could, I know a lot of you subscribe and you get the podcast episodes every week automatically. You listen to them in your feed and you keep going. But if you go to the website, there's some great show notes. There's links to the author's websites. There's links to their books on Amazon. And yes, that is an affiliate link. And I do have some other affiliate links over on the sidebar. Uh, these are things I use like Blueberry for distribution of the podcast and DreamHost for the website hosting. And the reason I use the affiliate links is because it does take time and it does cost money to run the, the podcast. It costs money for the website. It costs money for the Blueberry distribution. It costs money to do some of the other software and apps that I use. So I, I love doing this. I love talking to the authors, but if you have an interest in doing a podcast or you need hosting, go to my website, click on the link there, and it'll help me out a little bit. It helps keep things going. I did just add a new affiliate link, which I want to point out to parents and teachers. It is called Pro Writing Aid. Now, it's designed for authors so that they can kind of edit their manuscripts, their material, get a little feedback. It's a wonderful app, though, a wonderful tool to use for kids and in the classroom. Don't treat it as, here, run through this and we won't have to pay for an editor. Treat it as a learning experience because every kid will write differently. They have different issues with their writing. Some forget the commas, some misspell. Some of them, like me, will put ing in uh, words at the beginning of sentences. Some use was a lot, some use that a lot. Uh, so, this Pro Writing Aid is a learning tool if you approach it correctly. That when you run a, a report, it'll tell you why it tells you this is wrong or should be changed or could be changed. It's not forcing you to do it. And it's good to go through each and every item that it suggests to learn why it's saying that and make a choice. Sometimes you really do want it spelled that way, or you really do want that particular sentence structure. So it's great to help with kids with their craft. And if you have a whole classroom, even if you're a homeschool parent, you have five kids, that's a lot of reading to try and edit and get everything in it that this program can help get very quickly. So as a teacher, as a parent, maybe doing homeschooling, or even if you just have a kid that loves to write, go check out Pro Writing Aid. Click on the link uh, on my website. 
because again, I get a little bit of a kickback and it helps support all these apps and software and time that I put into getting this show out with all these great new authors for everybody. And speaking of great new authors, today's author, Diane and I, we really clicked. We had a great time talking. We have similar thought processes. She writes uh, a series of books about the little girl on the moon, and she's written other books. So they're great kids' books. And we talked a lot about imagination and getting kids inspired to write. So that was a really fun talk. And then she's also got some great advice for authors in the second half, where she is talking about writing your book after the first one, writing more than one book, keep on writing and going. So it's a great listen all around. So parents, teachers, this is a good episode for you to hear. And uh, authors, it's a great lesson to learn. Oh, excuse me, what she talks about in the second half. So here's Diane. All right. Well, today on Discovered Wordsmiths, I want to welcome Diane Bohm. Diane, how are you doing today? Great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you very much. For me, I live in Ohio and it looks like it's about to storm. So we may get some lightning and thunder in the middle of our <laughs> conversation. But tell us, where do you live and a little bit about you and what you like to do besides writing? Sure. So I live in Austin, Texas. And can you please send some of that rain to us? <laughs> we would deeply appreciate it. <laughs> but, Actually, the second Austin, Texas author I've talked to today. Oh, so, really? Yeah, that's interesting. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I just had to throw the rain out there. So yes, I'm from Austin, but I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my parents, we moved here when I was about 18 months. And so I consider myself a Texas girl, even though by the rules of Texans, you're not a true Texan unless you were born on the land. It sounds like you've spent more of your life there than not. So we'll give I, it to you. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. I'll give it to you. I'm not from Texas, so I might be <laughs> flat, But you can come to Ohio. We'll take you. <laughs> Thank you. Ohio's a lovely state. It, it can be, uh, even during the storms. <laughs> yes, even during the storms. So, so what are some things you like to do besides writing? So I wasn't always a writer. I was actually in the classroom. But things that I love to enjoy, I love to sing. <laughs> Thank you. And I've been on stage quite a bit in my younger life, as well as when we were living in Dubai. My husband's job took us there, and it opened up a whole new world for me. So I was able to be in some musicals with the West End out of London. And I love crocheting, singing, I'm eccentric. I just, I love to dabble in lots of things, discover life, enjoy gardening, listening to the birds, etc. Nice. Okay, great. So you were in the classroom, teacher. What did you teach? A variety of things. So I've taught from preschool all the way to eighth grade in the classroom and then outside of the classroom, meaning in the classroom means you had one grade. But then I became a curriculum director and I was self-taught before there was degrees in uh, technology. And I was that weird person who's just, oh my gosh, these computers are amazing. I can do so much with my kids. And so I just totally embraced it. And before I know it, they were like, okay, who knows how to turn on a computer? And everybody had just, okay, there's the weird teacher over there. And <laughs> the next thing I knew, I was teaching from first to eighth grade. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it was cool. So what made you want to start writing? I have always been a storyteller, whether through singing on stage and acting, as well as just making up stories. My mother said when I was, the day I was born, I came out singing and I hadn't stopped. <laughs> 
and and singing such a way of a beautiful storytelling is and a day came I was in the garden and I'm not a great gardener but I like to have fun planting flowers and playing in the dirt and then this inspiration came to me saying I needed to take my stories and put them down and so I thought you know what that's really a good idea and so that's what I did Nice. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about one of those stories, your book, Little Girl in the Moon. Tell us what it's a, a little bit, what it's about and a little bit about your writing it, what you were, why you wanted to write this book. Sure. I'll be happy to. The Little Girl in the Moon, she actually lives on the moon. And I wanted to write this book because, especially because I've traveled throughout the world, I've been totally blessed to be able to do that. And I saw how there were similarities in different schools. Bullying is universal. And I just thought there needs to be books out there about kindness and love. And even if people are different, don't look at their physical features. Look at what's in their heart. And so I thought, how could I do this and also bring in curriculum so that teachers could use this book? So I decided I've always loved the moon and I thought I'm going to make my own world. And that's what I've done. The Little Girl on the Moon's a series and it's morphed into the Moonling Adventures. But in the first book that you brought up, and thank you very much, The Little Girl in the Moon, you learn who she is and you learn who she is by the phases of the moon. And what I mean by who she is, her mama asks what she, why she wants earthling children to know who she is because moonlings have never cared about earthlings and they don't even know we exist and the little girl in the moons because they love the moon as much as I love the earth and so the mama's what is it you want them to know and she thought about it and she says I want them to know I like to sing just like them and so you go through all these different things And when I'm in the schools and I read it to the kids, they get all excited because they see little, you learn about her through seeing like the phases of the moon, right? So you see teeny tiny pieces until she appears and the kids are all excited. And then they see what a moonling looks like and they're like, oh, and they're like, yikes. And I'm like, you liked her a moment ago, but now you know what she looks like and you don't think you want to be your friend. And the little kids are like, oh my gosh, she's right. And the takeaway is okay, I'm going to like people even if they're different. And isn't that what life's about? We're supposed to look for the beauty of people? Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact that you totally went into your school kid voice. Oh, yeah. Uh, kids, yeah, totally yeah, did yeah. that. I love that. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, interesting. Do the kids pick up that they're like learning a lesson or do they just enjoy the story? They and they just enjoy the story. And then we talk about afterwards and then they discover they learned. But they're so engrossed in finding out what happens because the way I I illustrated it and it's the first it's the first it's the first artwork I've ever done in my life which is a whole background story to that in itself and the kids are just so amazed that they have to use their imagination and start thinking what they might, it might look like at the same time they're like oh I've seen a banana moon and they're like oh I know that part of the moon and so it is it's a really great way to engage kids. They're not just staring at a picture. They're thinking. I, I love that because one of the things I want to do is get kids to write more. 
and understand yeah. that they can write their whole lives. I talked to a lot of adults, a lot of authors that are like, I didn't know I could write. And then I did. And now I've written and I love it. And <laughs> kids can start now. I mean, you don't, you don't have to have a degree and to start writing when you're in fifth, sixth grade, whatever, you can just do it. And the fact that you said that they have to use their imaginations. I love that part too. Cause that's something we, I think we tend to lose as we become adults. We kind of get that out of us. So having kids use their imaginations is just huge. And to understand the power of that. Absolutely. And of course, my tagline is embrace imagination. And that comes from all the way being in the classroom. Because the kids, when you have me as a classroom teacher, it is all about creativity. Yes, you have to learn the basics, but you learn it through creativity is the way I approached my classroom. And the kids today, I worry about them because they have all these devices and they're so plugged in. And I, and it's funny because I spent so many years teaching kids to be plugged in, but to use the computer as a tool and, but not take away the imagination. And so now I just think it's so important that take off your shoes, wiggle your toes in the grass, pour some, sit in the dirt, pour some water in the dirt and make mud pies. It's really fun. Absolutely. I love that. And I, I agree with you. I think we want our kids to have the best of everything and we get the iPads and the computers yeah. and the laptops. And then we realize that just going outside and walking on grass in your bare feet is sometimes what's best. Uh, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned it's the book has morphed into a series about the moonlings, you said? Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the other books, the whole series. Sure. So thank you for asking, by the way. So the next one that came out, and again, these ideas come to me in the middle of the night. And so the big idea of the story Brian did is just hysterical. I had a fight with my angel. I don't want to wake up. You better wake up or I'll give the idea to someone else. But I don't want to wake up. But anyway, so I woke up. And and there came the story. And it even has what I hope becomes a song one day. And um that particular story is really about love and peace and harmony throughout the universe. And then the next one is Moxie and Tycho Town, and Moxie is the moonling dog. And the moonling dog takes you on with the little girl on the moon, but you never really see her. So it's Charlie Brown. You hear wah, wah, wah for the parents. So that's what I had because I didn't want everyone to be just stuck on what one moonling looked like. I wanted kids from around the world to envision their own little moonling as they travel through Taika Town. And they start learning the very first of, of moonling words through the community. So that one's kind of fun. And then it was time I kept getting, please bring a boy in, please bring a boy in. So I brought in the Moonling boy, her best friend, and that morphed into the Moonling Adventures. And the first one is the Moonling Adventures Serengeti. And my youngest daughter, who's a professor at SCAD University and teaches technology, by the way, she's the artist and just did a phenomenal job with it. And you get to learn about different animals in the Serengeti as well as where is the Serengeti. And, and it's, just a, it's just really a fun adventure. And I'll have a new one coming out by next August. So, yay! Oh, great, nice. And are these 
Do you have a publisher or are they independently published? Yeah, I'm so blessed. I want to say to your listeners that it takes a long time to get published. Oh my gosh. There are more no's than there are books of mine published. But praise God that we have indie, indie authors can publish it's much easier now as well as hybrid. So I OC Publishing out of Canada published has all my little girl on the moon series as well as a couple other books and because i have so many stories and it took so long to get published i worked out a deal with oc publishing in canada and is just incredible the the founder and owner and so texas sister press publishes some of my other books so that i can get try to get two books out a year um, because i really want my i really want my messages out there and you never know when the good Lord is going to need you somewhere else on another planet or something. So I'm like, I want my messages heard. So good. So, good. <laughs> so how many are there right now total? I have nine books out. Wow. And, okay. Yeah, I know. Isn't that exciting? And and then I just had a yeah nine books. I just had a I'm taking a breath because I'm thinking about what's coming up. I just had one book that came out that won an award called A Song of Peace that came out this summer. And then just about two weeks ago, A Time to Fly just came out. So I'm so stoked about it because as you probably know, and your listeners too, but just in case, if you're wanting to write, just start writing because what you first write probably isn't your greatest but you just get better and better. It's like you're learning this craft and the inspiration that comes to you. It just like it just gets better and better. I don't know what to say. So just keep doing it. So a time to fly. I fall in love with each baby when it's baby meaning my book. I hold it. So it sounds like the kids get into the books and enjoy them. And you're on book nine, so you're getting some good feedback, I assume. What are the parents? If it hadn't been for COVID, I was my being asked to come into the schools were it was really growing luckily different parents in the different parts of the world that are educators have invited me into their schools through zoom so i'm getting really positive feedback and before covid and also living in the middle east i was lucky enough to teach in saudi arabia creative writing all the way up to i think i did up to sixth grade and then spoke to the eighth graders and did a q a and and then I've been in a lot of British schools and American schools overseas. And wow. so it's kind of fun to know that here in America, now that I'm back on, in, I'm in my homeland, that I have school teachers reaching out to me now and asking me to come. So that's cool. And nice. then, yeah, that's and very then good. because of Zoom, I can now go back into these other schools and go, okay, I'm in Saudi Arabia in a British school today. How cool is that? Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's something definitely an experience you may not have gotten. And it, it brings the world a little closer together, I think, too. Absolutely. And it when you're in these international schools, you're with one of the American schools in Dubai has 175 different nationalities just in that one school. And that's huge. And to be part of that, it isn't just about me sharing my books, but learning from these kids too. Because what I like to do is not just come in and read a story. I want to be engaged with the kids. I want them to share their thoughts. So I always try to make sure that I'm asked to do creative writing with them and learn from them. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Thanks. So if you had a choice, the world traveler that you are, 
Would you rather see your books turned into movies or TV shows? Oh my goodness, it would that's a great question. Hey, that would be amazing on any level. It would it really would depend on the storyline. I truly believe that the little girl on the moon and which is morphed into the Moonling Avengers makes great would make great animation and excitement for the kiddos because there's no fighting, there's no violence. It's you're learning, but you're having fun and your imagination is growing. Where my book that's a young adult historical fiction, Rise, A Girl Struggle for More, definitely is is a movie. Definitely is a movie. Okay. Um, now you mentioned being in schools all over. Do you get your books translated or are they still in English and you're going to these schools with an English copy essentially? Another excellent question. Yes, they're all in English, and English is the international language. So even though I've been in lots of schools, including schools in Africa, in several countries, because Africa has lots of countries, people forget it. So it is, It's a lot know. bigger than it shows on the maps that we show <laughs> yeah, our kids. It's huge, and, and all the different countries are just so amazing. But, but even like in Uganda, Ethiopia, and Kenya, I am like way out in the barrios or in the Philippines, way out in the barrios as well. And everybody speaks English. And I'm always blown away by that. My husband, he is blessed with a wonderful ear and can pick up languages and speak several languages. But for me, I just did not have that confidence, even though I definitely studied languages in high school and and even well, actually junior high school and college, but I just didn't have the confidence. But yeah, the kids, it's amazing. Like in Uganda, in some parts, English is the only language they want the kids to speak in school because they want the kids to get a job. And I find I, I found that very interesting. Yeah. So let me ask a per- little personal question. Your husband, does he do different accents? Like he can he imitate various accents? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is a compliment that they all say. He was one person from Dubai and he, an Emirati, that's what I'm called a Texan, right? I guess you're called a Hawaii, Ohioan, what, what do, what do yeah, you guys Ohioan, say? yeah. Ohioan, so it's Emiratis for the local and they're like, I would have never known <laughs> that he wasn't an Emirati, which is like the greatest compliment. And then I remember going to dinner one night with some new clients that came in from Korea and they were like, he has that Korean accent down so well. And I'm like, I'm so proud of that. <laughs> I'm like, how does he do that? Yeah, I asked because I am not good at picking up languages and I'm also really horrible at accents. So I mm-hmm. think they go together. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's something yeah. about that rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Diane, where can people find your book? And do you have a website? Yes, I do. Thank you. Of course, Amazon. Amazon's kind of Santa Claus. They bring everything. And Amazon did not pay me to say that. Anyways, but you can find me at, I'm going to I'm gonna say my name and then I'm going to spell it. So it's DianeLloydBame.com. But I'm going to spell it because it's different to spelling. Yeah, okay. D-I-A-N as in Nancy, N-F-L-O-Y-D. B O E H M dot com. And it looks like Boheme, but it's Diane Floyd Bame dot com. Bame. Okay. Got yeah. it. Okay. We'll link to the show notes. Oh, thank you. And I'll tell you a teeny tiny story because I know it, we're, it's almost time to go. Oh, oh go ahead. Please. Okay. So the reason Floyd is that it's my maiden name. 
And my daddy, he said, Diane, he knew he was going to leave us to go to heaven. And he said, Diane, I know you're going to be published one day. So I have a favor to ask of you. And I said, okay, daddy, what? And he goes, please bring back your maiden name. It would make me so proud. So after that, I just went Diane Floyd Bame. And do you know what? I was published. <laughs> I think daddy, when we went to have him, made sure. So nice. Yeah. And you said you have a book coming out by next August. Give us a little preview of what that one's about. Sure. That's Moonling Adventures, Birds Around the World. And my daughter's doing the illustration. It takes a while because she's a professor. But that book lets you see all these incredibly gorgeous birds that you may not have known about. But it also, without you realizing it, you're learning geography because of the migration. And... um it, it's going to be incredible. Really, it's going to be incredible. And the way the moonlings, so what happens is the moonlings, they go to the observatory. So what I'm hoping is kids realize, oh, I want to go to the observatory and have their parents take them there if it's possible. And because they're at the moonling observatory, they're able to watch the earthlings and different things that go on. And they do a simulated adventure and so kids are like, it's really in tune to what kids are today, simulated adventures and fun. And so that's how it all comes about. And the two, the little boy in the moon has his own doggy called Shadow. And Shadow and Moxie are all part of the story and the adventure. So it's really, again, taking imagination. So like when I'm in the classroom and I share these things with the kiddos, I'm like, okay, if you could go to what planet, how would you create your language? What would it be? I just want to, you can do this. Right? And before you know it, they've written their own little adventure. And I just go away so happy because that's what I want. Embrace imagination. I love that. That's exact. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> you say that. My, my, I, I, on my website, I have things for teachers and parents called Imagination Inspiration, and it's little prompts to help parents. But my first book is called Embracing the Magic. And oh, the wow. whole the lesson in it, it's a fantasy book in a fantasy world. It's with some fantasy creatures like goblins and stuff like that. But the whole point is trying to show kids that there's magic in the world. Yes. Uh, even with us here. And that's my point. So uh, we've got a good, we think a lot alike. We should sit down for coffee sometime. Please. I think we're kindred spirits. That would be great. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so Diane, let me ask you this. Oh, who are some of your favorite authors and books that you like to read? I'm horrible about saying the author's names and that just terrible, but I get so engrossed in the books. And really, I read a lot of children's books. So but if you could see me right now, if everyone could see me right now, you would see that you're in my story garden. So I, like I, have your, over, yeah, <laughs> I have over, I painted that by the way, nice. I have over a, a hundred children's books that I've read, mom and daddy read to me as well as books that I collect. and But when I think about books that I like, the reason I like children's books is because people say, oh, you know, children's books are just for kids. And I disagree with that. I think they're for everyone because they have a message and it's a simple way to do it. So one of my favorites was my son's, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. I just yes, love I that, that because... <laughs> We all have those days, right. but in the end, it's going to be okay. 
And then there's another book that doesn't get much, hasn't talked about that much, but it's really wonderful. Um, the Big Fat Strawberry and this, A Hungry Bear and the Big Fat Strawberry. Do you know that one? No, I and don't know that. So it's a maybe, it's a, but yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> so it's, you know, this bear and he has the strawberry. No, the mouse has the strawberry and the mouse thinks someone's going to get it. So he puts, he chains the strawberry and you see the shadow. And then as you read the book, you're thinking, is it really a bear? And so the author was so clever because in the end, there's a question. <gasps> is there really a bear who ate the strawberry? And again, it just, the kids are like, they start making up their own stories. and love that. Them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And there in Austin where you live, do you have a favorite bookstore that you go to? Oh, yes. So I do. We have an indie, we have an indie bookstore and we have a new one that just opened up called The Pearl. And I'm really excited about it because they support indie authors and yay. And I'm nice. all about supporting indie authors. So yeah, agreed. I like yeah. that. Okay. So before we move on to author stuff, and we're going to talk about keep how important it is to keep on writing as an author. For those of you that are listening, that's our second half. But before we go, if someone asked you, I'm looking for a book for my kid, why should I get your book? What would you tell them? If you're looking for a book for your child and you want to inspire them, then my books are about kindness, peace, hope, love, and if those resonate with you, then definitely my books are for you. Okay. There you go. Great. Thank you. Diane, the book sounds wonderful and it's been a great talk. I hope some people are interested and go check out the show notes. Thank you. Again, thanks for having me. Yeah. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website, go to Amazon, look them up, get the book. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running for, to help more authors. When I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for. So people can discover new authors, find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use. So I've got an affiliate link. Again, it's a little bit, if everyone clicked on those, if they were going to get it anyway, it helps keep the podcast going. So let's all help each other out, discover more authors to read. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.